Welcome to Grace and Glory, the radio ministry of Grace Valley Christian Center, featuring biblical teachings of the Christian faith with Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and former professor in Greek and theology. Pastor Matthew holds degrees from Westminster Theological Seminary, and he pastors Grace Valley Christian Center in Davis, California, adjacent to the University of California at Davis. Today, we continue with Pastor Matthew's series on the book of Acts. Last week, Pastor Matthew shared with us from chapter 2 of Acts how the Holy Spirit came with power on the believers and they spoke in other languages. And the Apostle Peter preached the gospel with the result of 3,000 souls being saved. And all this was fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel, which he prophesied in the 9th century B.C. regarding the last days in which we live. Now for part two of Spiritual Intoxication, here's our teacher, Pastor Matthew. We are living in these last days, and it will come to an end for you and for me when we die. Oh yes, the last days has been going on for 2,000 years, but you don't have 2,000 years. We've been negotiating about repentance. We were debating about forsaking our idols and sin. The Spirit of God has been speaking to us, but we stiffened. And we got hardened in our hearts. And we think the last days will go on forever. And I say again, it will come soon to an end. Let me read to you what St. Paul is telling us in First Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, brothers, about times and dates we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. Aren't we saying that in this country? The portfolio is swelling with money. It doesn't matter what immorality is going on in the White House or any other place. It doesn't matter. We are safe. There is no tension. There is no war. We are making a lot of money. And I'm not interested in the gospel. I want to live a good life. As we define what good life is all about. But it says you will not escape. The last days will end. And the day of the Lord will arrive. And my question to you is. Will you not escape the destruction? By believing the gospel, by entering the safety of the ark, by trusting in Jesus Christ alone. That's my question to you. Not only this outpouring is eschatological, but it is copious, it is abundant. The Spirit of God is not being poured out drop by drop, so to speak. But the word that is used means a mighty effusion, a great outpouring. Not in drops, but in great abundance. So we read in chapter 2 and verse 17, chapter 2 verse 18, chapter 2 verse 33, chapter 10 verse 45, God is pouring out His Spirit upon the desert that it may blossom and bloom and bring to bear great fruit for the glory of God. And you see a picture of this in First Samuel 16. Samuel was asked to go and anoint 
David and he took a horn. He filled it with oil. And he goes to Jesse's house. And he lifts the horn filled with oil and pours it upon David. And we are told from that very day the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. The Spirit of the Lord that left Saul but came upon David. So that he is empowered to do the work of a king. In the Old Testament only few people were anointed by the Holy Spirit. Prophets, priests, kings. They were anointed with oil which symbolized the coming upon them, the mighty spirit of the living God. So we read for Samuel 16 verse 13, from that day on the spirit of the Lord came upon David. So now the spirit of God is poured out in abundance upon the church. Not just few people, just the leaders, no. The Bible clearly declares that you and I who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are kings, we are priests, and we are prophets. And St. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2 and verse 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He tells us the purpose. We are kings, we are priests, and we are prophets to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's our job to declare to everybody there is one who alone is able to draw you out of darkness and bring you into the marvelous light. There is only one who is able to raise you up from the dead and give you eternal life. And that one is Jesus Christ who did that to me. And that's why the spirit of the living God is poured out in abundance upon all the peoples. And he is pouring out his spirit in abundance upon us, upon the thirsty land. Not a little, but a lot. And as a result of this mighty effusion of the spirit of the living God upon you and upon me, we are able to resist the enemy, to defy death, to declare the gospel, and to pursue holiness in a crooked and perverse generation in which we live. And not only that, this outpouring is universal. I'll pour my spirit upon what? All flesh. The desire of Moses expressed in Numbers 11 verse 29 is now being fulfilled in these last days, says St. Peter. And what did Moses say? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord will put his spirit upon them. Yes, when the spirit of God is put upon you, you prophesy. It's universal. There is no discrimination anymore. First, there is no racial discrimination. The Spirit of God is poured upon the Jew and upon the Gentile. There is no sexual discrimination. The Spirit of God is being poured upon the woman and the man. There is no age discrimination. The Spirit of God is poured upon the young and upon the old. And there is no rank discrimination. The Spirit of God is also poured upon slaves. Men and women, whosoever. These are, in other words, days of liberation. 
Listen, men and women, listen. These are the days of liberation. These are the eschatological days, messianic days, days of the gospel, days of grace. These are days of men's liberation, women's liberation, children's liberation, slaves' liberation, Gentiles' liberation, Jewish liberation. These are days of liberation. God is setting captives free. Not gold or silver, not political power by which we are filled, but God pours out the mighty Holy Spirit. God himself poured out upon us, filled with God himself. We hunger and thirst for money, position, and everything else. That's pretty sad when we neglect this great afflatus effusion, outpouring of the Spirit of God upon us. We would rather be satisfied with creation rather than the Creator, God blessed forever. And what do you think the purpose of this great outpouring of the Spirit upon the church? And we are told in verse 17 and 18, and they will prophesy, and they will prophesy. And the purpose then is prophesying. To declare God's praises. To declare God's mighty works. To declare the gospel. What is it? That Christ died for our sins. According to the scriptures. That he suffered the wrath of God. That was due us. That Christ was buried. That Christ has been raised. By the mighty power of God. According to the scriptures. That Christ is Lord of all. That Christ Jesus alone is the Savior of the world. And that Christ Jesus is coming again to judge the world. We through prophecy are to lift Jesus higher. That all the sinners may look to him and be saved. That's the purpose. You are a Paul. And you are to lift up Jesus Christ crucified. And Jesus, remember, he said, if I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Both Jew and Greek, men and women, masters and slaves, young and old. He has been lifted up by the Father, and so we must lift him up. Ye shall be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When you are anointed by the Spirit from high, you must be my witnesses. This is exactly what Peter is doing on the day of Pentecost. Lifting Jesus higher. But let me tell you about all must prophesy. Not only his ministers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, but all must prophesy. That's what the text tells us. And this idea that the preacher alone is the one who should declare the gospel is nonsense. All must prophesy, young people, old people, slaves, women. Every Christian has this great responsibility of bearing witness to Jesus Christ. Turn with me to the book of Acts and chapter 11. There was a great persecution and verse 19 and 20. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch telling the message only to Jews. 
Some of them, however, men of, from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Don't tell me these were the apostles. They were not the apostles. Yes, apostles guarantee the truthfulness of the gospel tradition. But the prophesying business is everybody's business. And finally, the point is, what is this for? And we are told in verse 21 that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord be saved. That's the purpose. And St. Paul repeats this in Romans 10 and verse 13. That everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord be saved. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing somebody, hearing somebody prophesying. Somebody bearing witness to Jesus Christ. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing the gospel proclaimed. What is it for? So that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord be saved. Anyone can be saved. Jew, Gentile, men, women, slaves. The Canaanites. The Gentiles. The Sadducees and the Pharisees. The rich and the poor. Anyone can be saved. Repent based on repentance. Anywhere they can be saved. You need not come to Jerusalem. The final sacrifice has been offered up by Jesus Christ. No ritual remains. It's all taken care of when, when Jesus Christ died. Anytime it can be done. Right now it can be done. Jesus said, now is the accepted time. This is it. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears, means you can be liberated today. Now is the accepted time, now is the day of salvation. Call upon the name of the Lord, in other words. This Lord is God, this Lord is Jesus. God made him Christ, and God made him Lord. You killed him, but God raised him up, made him Lord and Christ. What is it for? That you may call upon the name of the Lord and be saved because salvation is found in no one else but in Jesus of Nazareth alone. And you want to ask, what must I do to be saved? Well, repent. We are all screwed up. Our mind has gone into errors. We became self-centered and we despised God. Now we have to say, I am the sinner. God is good, God is great, God is just, God is holy, and God is gracious. And I abhor my sin, I grieve over my sin, I forsake my sin. What else must I do? I trust in Jesus Christ, our only mediator, the one who suffered God's wrath, Psalm who, one who suffered our hell. And he offers his heaven for you. Hallelujah. And anyone who repents, anyone who believes his hell is gone forever. And he is offered Christ's heaven, Christ's life. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And Psalm 65 verse 2 tells us God is one who hears prayers. That's the basis for prayer. He doesn't hear the prayer of a sinner who is arrogant and stubborn. 
but he does hear the prayer of a sinner who repents and believes. And St. Peter tells this, God says that I'll pour out my spirit. God says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Not his opinion. God says these are the last days. It may be today your last day will come. We are here now in the hearing of the preaching of the gospel. It's the day of the spirit. It's the day of the Messiah when he saves. Let me read to you this. I was reading in the Greek text and under inspiration Peter says which was not in Septuagint nor in the Hebrew text but under the inspiration Saint Peter says God says God says everyone young man, old man, men, women, Jew, Gentile, everyone who says God says what does he say? Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Let me read this to you and pay attention. First John 5, beginning with verse 9. We accept man's testimony. Isn't that true? Every day we live by believing in other human beings. But God's testimony is greater. Why is it? Because it is God's testimony. God is truth. God cannot lie. Man is a liar. Let God be true. Every man a liar. But God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God which he has given about his son. Anyone who believes in the son of God has this testimony in his heart. Anyone who does not believe God has made him out to be a liar. Any person who refuses to believe in Jesus Christ is declaring that God is a liar. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. There is no other way. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, there is no other salvation. Politically correct uh, speech is not found here. It's in the constitution, but it is not here in this church. We believe and we proclaim the truth. Now let me read it again. And this is the testimony God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. No other place you can find it. He who has the son has life. He who has the son has life. In other words, he who believes in the son has life. But he who does not have the son of God does not have life. But John says elsewhere, the wrath of God is abiding upon him. And Joel says there is the judgment day is coming. The day of the Lord is coming. May I ask you, have you repented of your sins? Have you repented of your sins? Have you believed in Jesus of Nazareth? He took our hell. He gives us his heaven. Your last days will soon end. Let me ask you only one thing you needed to do. That is to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Are you saved from the wrath to come? What about you Christians? Holy Spirit is being poured out in abundance. And what is the purpose that you may prophesy? All of you. The question to you is, are you declaring his praises? Are you fearless? Are you bold? Are you clear? Are you insightful? What are you speaking? Are sinners being saved through your declaration? 
You and I must give an account to him. Are you fulfilling God's purpose for your life? And his plan is to prosper you and prosper others through your prophecy. Let me read to you what St. Peter says. The man who preached the greatest sermon. In 1 Peter chapter 3, he tells this. Do not fear what they fear. Here was, here was a man. He feared everybody. He denied the Lord three times to save his own hide. But now he is filled with the Spirit and he declares, Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Fear for Peter is over forever. No longer he is frightened. The tradition tells us that he was crucified for his testimony. He is full of the Spirit. And he declares Christ. What about you and what about me? The Spirit of God, that's what we need. Now I want to give you an opportunity. If you never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. This is the last days. Day of grace, day of Messiah, day when the Spirit of God is poured out to the desert. Now is the accepted time. Christ died for you. And let me ask you, those who are Christians, this is the day when the Spirit of God is poured out in abundance. And he desires the Spirit of God to be poured out upon you. Would you say to God, God, I am sick and tired of being filled with everything else. I want to be filled with the Spirit of the living God. To fill you with the Holy Spirit for the purpose that you may prophesy. Declare his praises. Declare his praises. That he alone is light and he brings you out of darkness into the marvelous light. He alone is life and he raises the dead. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you. We pray that this day, save your people. This day, pour out your spirit in abundance. This day, make us people of fire. Help us to fearlessly, with clarity, with passion, with compassion, declare the praises of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For we pray this in Jesus' name. You have been listening to Grace and Glory with Pastor P.G. Matthew. Next week, Pastor Matthew continues his series on the book of Acts with part one of How to Become a Christian.